And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. It's good to have you with us. Again, our friends are coming back from the Last Man Standing special event. I kind of feel a little bad, but I'm surprised to see this brother here this early. Here's John, AA6JA, and our friend Sally and Lou uh, from New York. I, I, John, I didn't expect you to uh, to really be here. This is this is kind of brutal. Go ahead and tell me it's brutal. Well, Let's... I mean, I, believe me, nobody feels my pain. It's like uh, <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning is not a good <laughs> When I've done uh, single camera shows, I used to routinely get up at you know four a.m. and stand on a in a parking lot waiting for the sun to come up before we could shoot. But these days, I'm trying to sleep in a little bit later because it's uh, been stressful this year. But that's cool. I'm glad to be here. Hi, but Lou the real Sally. story is, is you got up to do this. There we go. This is the thing. Well, that's kind of like cool for me. But you know, I'm I sorry, already John. worked. You should be on forty meters. And you sounded great. You sounded great coming over. Oh, I heard you. I heard you coming across. Good morning, Sally and Lou. You were out riding the uh, horses or at least uh, working no. the horses? Oh, it was 28 no. degrees this morning. We weren't we riding them. We were just taking care of them. We have to ride every morning. And, uh, I'll be riding tomorrow. Feed and everything else. Yeah, Sally will actually be riding a uh, drill team tomorrow. Yeah, I'm on the mounted drill team. Well, beautiful. Well, yeah. look, I know that you guys have been all over the place you've been on every show and podcast and youtube thing from canada to everywhere else is are you a little mad at john for like bringing you out all the time now you're back here again no I mean, really no not at all um the other way around <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. waiting to send the gift for me so i can operate from the stage uh we are so excited about this this is first of all it'll be part of last man standing's last uh, hurrah or, or big bang it's 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 going to be amazing it's going to be absolutely amazing i'm really looking forward to being part of it i will be on and sally and i will both be on the air i guarantee it uh at zero hundred hours uh, on the 23rd so so we will both be there uh it's going to be great john can we can we trust that this is really indeed the last hurrah you can't say anything's definitive with this show can you or know, can you, you? Know, it, it, this show has had an incredible life, you know, and no, any, no one can say anything about this show. You know, certainly in this incarnation of the show, this will be the last, uh, the last episodes that we're shooting. So season nine being the last season, we are shooting right now, Monday and Tuesday, the second to last episodes, and then a week from. So it's the exact weeks of the, of the event, starting on Wednesday the 24th, we table read our last script. And then on the uh, 29th and the 30th, we shoot our last show. So uh, that's the the end of the event is the end of the series of the uh, of the series. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's it's such a popular show in, in a lot of ways. It's in a lot of markets all over the world. And uh, you know, maybe someone will come forward. Maybe they want to produce this in Russia, and they'll come and do Last Man Standing Moscow or something like that. Who knows? You know, <laughs> like Law and Order, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they do that all over the world. So you guys have been literally everywhere talking about this. Let's talk about some of the things that uh, as we're getting closer and closer, instead of rehashing everything that you've already said uh, uh, many times, let's talk about some of the, uh, the things that we may need to clear up or things that are, are confusing. What, what of this uh, are you finding needs a little clarity, if, if anything? 
there, I'll say two things. I'll say one thing and then Lou will say the other. It's like the people, obviously, you know, no one, this is not the focus of everyone's life. So they will keep asking more or less the same questions. And how do I find out more information? And the, we have an extremely well-detailed website, which is the www.gsbarc.org slash LMS. And now we can talk about that again more slowly, but um, that's really where to go. It, I just looked at it a few minutes ago. It's, it's pretty much got all the information you would need to understand the event. And it's also got a very nice video that's almost like an instructional video that will point out where we will be at what times in digitally. But on the HF side is what really confuses people. And I'm going to let Lou explain how the HF side of this event will work. We're going to have, obviously, as you've seen on the, uh, if you've gone to the website, uh, we're going to have the slash call signs, uh, LMS slash uh, zero through nine, and then two, two possibly Canadian call signs on there. And that's going to be, they're going to all be on. All those stations will be on. The stations will be operating from there. We will also be giving out uh, this weekend one-by-one -one call signs to a lot of stations. So they will be operating, as we very often do with special events, they will be using two sets of call signs. So in other words, let's just take Sally and I. We might be operating as K6 LMS slash 2 because we're in New York plus we might be also operating as W6S, and uh, we will switch off, and we will turn in two sets of logs, but that will give people the opportunity to work us multiple times, give us the opportunity, give them the opportunity to, to get the clean sweep, as we call it, uh, certificate, which becomes very popular. And Kristen, I think I may have mentioned this the last time, one minute after the after this starts, the special event starts, one minute later, I will get the first email that says, the certificate program's not working. I tried to download my certificate and it's not there. So, you know, if you want to say, if I, I should say this, give us 30 to 60 days after the end of the event. We will put that on the website. That's a good point. 30 to 60 days after the end of the event, you will be able to get your certificate. And I, I mentioned this, also, there is no limit to the time. These certificates don't expire and they don't go away. So if you worked us in, 19, in 2015, a special event, that certificate's still available if you were a legitimate contact. So it's uh, going to be a ton of fun. Go ahead, Sam. Okay. Um, people are writing in, emailing us about what band you're going to be on, what time you're going to be on, what frequency you're going to be on. Who knows? What frequency? I mean, we could go on in 14, 215 is taken. Mm -hmm. So we move to another one, not 215. That's the extra portion. But um, yeah, we try not to do that. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be wherever there's room, we're going to be. So you just have to look for us and we'll be on the spotting program. So yeah, that, that's probably the most important point. It, like I said earlier, is like, and I understandably, when we would uh, operate from the stage and last man standing, you would immediately get the what frequency will you be on? <laughs> a week from now. It's like, there's no way to know that. And, and no. operators that, that really get on the air know the answers, especially that day, there will be a contest going on. So we will find frequencies that are clear and we will start working on those frequencies and we'll be posting them. So that's how you'll find it. But we can't tell you today that on exactly. Wednesday night at 745, we'll be on 14 point, whatever, you know, it's just not going to work that way. We, 
Who knows? Yes. It'll be on 40 meters. It'll be on yeah, 40 meters. We'll be yeah. on 20 and 40, and somebody will be on 80, and somebody may be on 17 during the day. Who knows? We've and got we'll to always build a little it. bit. Yeah, people will have to look around a little bit. Hey, that's part of the fun, right? The fun is to, to chase. Find it. Yeah. Find it. Exactly. We're going to be on 160, definitely. Uh, we did that with uh, our last special event, and that turned out to be very popular, so we'll be up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to run 160. That'd be cool. John, how did you pick your operators? Um, I think Lou really picked them more than I did. Um, there were a number of yeah. operators that I brought to the game that are people that I've been associated with in ham radio over the years, mm -hmm. um, not unlike yourself. And, and a few other uh, podcasters and also a few hams that have come to the show and operated our, you know, a lot, we've had a lot of operators come to the show, as you probably know. And there's a great video out there that shows a montage of, uh, I can't even, there's too many to name, but um, everybody, you know, Ray Novak and Rhea and, you know, and um, I, I'm not even going to try because there's too many, but there's, there's a video posted on the, our Facebook page, the K6LMS Facebook page. Um, in fact, I just yesterday released a commercial. That's kind of funny, actually. I had three of our um, office people do that. Two of them are hams, Billy, our associate producer, and, um, and and two of the PAs put a commercial together. Just a very, very short, you know, informational. How do I find more information about the K6LMS? Uh, and it's on Facebook pages, so you'll see that, too. Just kind of a goof. Well, it's it. Um, I know the answer must be yes here, but talk a little bit about not being able to have ham radio operators on the set this time around. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, it, it, it changed everything this whole season. Now, naturally, we stayed in production um, with very restrictive, um, you know, shooting techniques uh, beyond what people would probably think. So we usually we have 150 crew members. And while we're shooting, there's probably 60 of them on the set. Well, this year we did this with about, you know, maybe 20 people at the most. So the actors who are not protected, cannot wear face masks, have to be, you know, quarantined basically from all of us. They have their own entrances and exits and their own dressing rooms and all that. Nobody goes near them. The crew is always wearing face shields and masks and staying far away from them. So obviously it was not going to be a year when we had a parade of ham radio operators because, you know, we're highly infectious people. Um <laughs> sitting in front of our radios and, and uh, talking. So it's been a sparse year for ham radio operation on the show. And that's part of the reason we wanted to do this event because we didn't get to do much ham radio this year. So this is kind of the celebration of our ham radio operation. And also obviously the putting into mothballs for at least a little while, uh, the station. Is it a bummer when things like this wrap up, you're a veteran producer and you've had shows start and come down and whatever and start again. Is it a bummer for you now, or is it a celebration of both in terms of the actual show? Because Sally and Lou are watching this on DVDs now and going back and, and loving what they're seeing. They're fans of the show. What's the feeling as a, an insider about when a show goes dark? Uh, yeah, it's all of those. It's a very mixed emotion thing. On one hand, it will be, at least for me, it'll be very stress relieving when it's over. But on the other hand, um, it's been nine years with the same crew for the most part. So the emotions are running high on the set, especially with cast members, you know, who are, this is their family. And now they're going to, we're breaking up a family after nine years and it's intense, you know, when it, like everyone goes to work and they most people spend as much time at work as they do at home. Um, we certainly do, you know, we, we go in early, we stay late and we were there five days a week. I work seven days a week, whether I'm working or not, I'm working. So um, for it to end 
it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, that last night, which is coming, uh, net, not this, but next Tuesday night, we, we call a wrap and that's really a wrap, you know, within minutes of that word, they will be dismantling the sets and taking down the lights and all that stuff. So it's, it's going to be a, an interesting and probably emotional time for everybody. Sally, why do you love this show? I just, I, I was hysterical. I, I laughed so hard. There's such funny lines that are said. Uh, my last episode last night, we watched like six episodes last night. I want to catch up by Tuesday with Reba McIntyre was on the set. And it was so funny at the end. She says, what do I know about music? <laughs> <laughs> Just little things like that. And that brought back the what his wife from Home Improvement and sure. the woman from the news show, the, the anchor. She came to buy the tanks. Right. Oh, it was it was hysterical. And he talked her out of it. It was really funny. I love the show. I wish I would see it first time going, but I never really. Lou is an uh, NCIS and crime and everything. So he gets to watch all those shows. And then we watch. I get, don't get to watch too much. So um, but Last Man Standing is a real joy. I laugh my butt off when we watch it. What it's do you think, Lou? I, um, I wound up going to the office talking about. Jay Leno's appearances and are what, what we were wondering at the office as we talked about Jay Leno and his comment about, well, it's better than being stuck in a sitcom uh, at the end of the, <laughs> of the one episode. You have to wonder, and, and don't spoil it, John, because I really don't want to know the answer to this. How much of that is scripted and how much of that is? Yeah, that I want to know the answer. Oh, Sally wants to. Well, then plug your ears because oh, here's the story. Almost everything that you see on any television show is scripted. And the reason is because um, the lines have to work with one another. It's a mathematical equation. So if I have a line and then you have a line that leads us to a joke, you can't really change that line in the middle. It doesn't mean that they can't riff off each other. Now, naturally, both Tim and Jay are stand-up comedians. Mm -hmm. So they do throw some things in there that are funny or, or more likely during rehearsal, they'll do it. And then the writers will take it and write it into the script. So that's more the way that would work. Okay. But okay. there's a lot of banter back and forth about if, you know, if you catch the references to the tonight show yes, and you catch the references to, to home improvement, those are kind of fun for everybody. I, th I thought the line when, when Tim takes the cup where he has the cup in his hand in the box and he says, what do I need a tonight show mug for? I, I, you know, it was great. Who is the, who is the guy? I didn't recognize him. Um, the priest from the church where Mandy and Kyle are going to get married. Oh, that's Bill Engerville. Now, what does he do besides that? Uh, Bill, he, he is a stand-up comedian. He had his, he had his own, well, here's the trivia. Bill had his own show called the Bill Engerville show. And on the show, his wife was Nan on TV and his wife was Nancy Travis. Ah, okay. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I have an idea. Can after this is all over, can we come back and do a uh, Last Man Standing trivia show, or or John, will you just be like disgusted at by the end? <laughs> no, I mean, wouldn't I that be that fun? We'll have it, you come on, and we'll we'll do. Questions. I think Lou and Sally will know more about the trivia than I will at this point. No, John, you know what? This could be the first season Last Man Standing special event. Next year, we could do the second season <laughs> Last Man Standing special event until season nine, and then we yeah. then we. Have a last hurrah. Listen, we, we did when we did K2 Heroes, which was a huge effort. Uh, again, 30,000 cues. It, it was just a huge effort. Lots of opera and just New York State. And I still get emails. When are you guys doing that this year? And we're like, no. 
No, we did one. You know, yeah. uh, we appreciate the medical professionals and what they're doing for us, and it's a, they're doing a fantastic job. But it was such a huge effort. I was exhausted. Yeah, I didn't have a husband for a month. I, I was exhausted. He was in front of the computer and the the logs, the, getting the everyone to submit the logs. Uh, that's another thing I should mention now. So the operators that are going to be operating for us with LMS, please send in your logs. Make sure you promptly. send in your logs at the end. Otherwise, we can't issue certificates. Yeah. And uh, and we don't want to give last man standing a bad name. Right. So we need those logs. And I will be sending something out this weekend about, about the logs and all of that. That will be going out. So um, I don't like to send that out too early. We found that if I send it too early, it's a mistake. So it'll go out this weekend for sure. And we'll get to the nuts and uh, bolts of all this and the, the details Uh I'll come back to you, Sally and Lou, as we wrap up with all the, the launching details. But, John, is this what you expected? Is this what you thought it would be when you came up with this little idea? Well, as, as people have heard this already, it's like I was going to do a, a one-day, two-hour event, and then Lou and Sally got involved, and uh, it, it, it tended to get bigger. So it's, uh, it gets bigger every day. As, as you, if you watch the updates, I keep updating our videos, and I really think people should watch the video because I made it not so much a promo but an instructional video to talk yeah. about where we'll be and when for the most part. But we just kept adding, uh, you know, adding DMR, adding more uh, multi-mode days, adding uh, now um, Yesus System Fusion. So it, it's all in there, but it just gets, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we just actually want to get, we're, I think everybody's ready. We all want to get started. You know, it, it's like uh, we're at the, at the, we're waiting for the gun to go off so we can just start the sprint. And yeah. uh, that'll be soon. That'll be on the 24th. Yep, uh, Sally out. and Lou, let's take a couple minutes here at the end to, to talk about where to find the information. Give them the uh, the skinny now. Let's talk about it. Okay, well, you can go to www.gsbarc.org. That's the Great South Bay Amateur Radio Club, stroke LMS. And on there is uh, the videos, all the instructions, every mode and that we're going to operate. So you just go on there and... I mean, everybody knows how to do a special event. Just tune the radio. You hear LMS, boom. You may try to make a contact. That's it. And keep your logs up to date and just send them in when you're done. And the um, someone <clears throat> was nice enough to take the 13. Well, actually, the uh, the people calling in don't send in the logs. No. It's the operators. The operators send in the logs. The log. But the chasers, one of the guys from 13 Colonies was nice enough to take a template of the 13 colonies converted to our uh, template that we will be using and actually sent it to me this morning and said, please, you know, post this for everybody to use. So people could keep track. So that is now also on the LMS website is a, is a uh, you can download it and you can check off the stations as you work it. Mm -hmm. um, I, the only thing I changed was I took the word contest out and put the word special event in because we are not a contest. So a uh, contest can't use the work band. So, um, that's all I changed. He did a great job. He, he was very nice of Dave, Dave to do that for us. And uh, so we put that up there. So that's also up there. So if you're a chaser. That's really helpful because when I was yeah. doing 13, yeah. it, it's helpful to have that piece of paper. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do that with 12 days this year too. Yes, we're going to definitely put up an, uh, a thing for the chasers for 12 days also. So mm -hmm. we're going to have the LMS chasers and, and, of course, the many, many emails that will say, I don't hear stroke six. I don't hear stroke five. We're going to be getting all of that, but that's okay. That's all part of it. Yeah. So well, thank you both. Patient, all you chasers, be patient. There's 80 of us going to be operating here and there, but you will 
probably get your clean sweep, I promise. You will get worked. You will yes, get worked. you will. Uh, good luck on the launch. I'll be there for you, John. It's always great to see you. Appreciate you stopping by. I think you opened and closed with us, unless you've got some more going uh, this week. But uh, thank you guys for coming and sharing uh, the original you. kickoff. And now we're, we're right at the door. So congratulations. It's going to be big. Yeah. yeah, don't forget to work them. And look for the no, zero yeah. station. That'll be the bald guy. I'll be here. I think I'm on the list. Did I get kicked off yes, the you list? Are. You are on the list. I was just kidding. Just oh, you're operating. Yeah, he's operating. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah. you know what? I'm going to try to work everybody, too, because I want my yeah. clean sweep certificate. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna, I will. When I'm on the stage, especially, I will go around and try to work all the control operators as well. Yep. That'd be great. Yeah, be great. Good luck, everybody. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Bye-bye. The ICOM 705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers. But it's in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It's got that large 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. And the perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. It's the LC192. It has a special compartment for the IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. If you want to learn programming for Arduino so you can get your electronics project off the ground, then Programming Electronics Academy is the place to be. A membership gives you full access to a library of detailed video courses, including the Arduino course for absolute beginners. PEA has video courses designed for beginners that don't assume you already have a PhD in software design. If you're tired of just cutting and pasting code, visit ProgrammingElectronics.com forward slash 100 watts. All right, friends, it's that time of the show where we uh, pick two stories. And I bring in my friends from Amateur Radio Newsline, my colleagues from Amateur Radio Newsline, and we get together and talk about two stories that you may or may not have heard. All right, so let me bring them in here. Bloop, look at that. There's someone behind you, Karen. Don't go. Oh, let's oh, call for help, Paul. Call for help. <laughs> He's. You can see where his hands are. I'm. I'm okay. 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 Good. Good. He you looks like a guy are. who runs around all over the world doing cool stuff. I know. And Paul is back in space. Absolutely. Yeah. Paul, wearing wearing my T-shirt from the Huntsville Space Center. You have not put your your feet on terra firma in weeks. Yeah. I wow. just thought that you would have a mask or something covering your head for the most part since you're in space not that i don't want to see you or nothing yeah, yeah. In a rarefied environment i'll have to I, try I to do, find a space helmet <laughs> uh christian i have an idea i think yeah. uh when uh, last man standing completes its run there should be a sitcom about a bunch of hams who are putting on a special event to honor <laughs> a tv show right. i think it, it it would be as long running as anything right now this it's is already crazy. syndicated it's all over the place i mean if you if you haven't heard of this one yet i mean i don't know what you're doing but it's it's everywhere it probably will or could be now i love the i love the 12 days of christmas i'm gonna have to say i mean that's 
that's just one of my things because it gives you an emotional tie to uh, a season. And I just love that one. And that's a fun one to, to operate because the mm -hmm. last couple of years I've been one of the stations. And it's, it's for me in particular, it's cool to call CQ and have people actually come back to me. So um, it's, uh, it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, and it ties into Christmas. It's a good it's a good feel all around. Especially this past one. We needed yeah. to feel good. Yeah. Yeah, and this one too, as we start to just kind of come back and things are getting a little bit better. Uh, happy to say I got my first shot yesterday. I had to drive two hours away. I'll save that for another time, but at least I'm halfway good. there. Good. So Glad to hear it. Everyone uh, knows the format, at least. If you don't, welcome. And this is the time where we pick two stories, one that you may have heard about or should have heard about, and one maybe lesser-known story. We'll start with Karen, KD2GUT, the editor of Amateur Radio Newsline. What did you find this week, Karen? Well, uh, interestingly enough, as we were preparing to share the story of the, uh, I'll say, the former W5KWQ, uh, Richard Garriott, who is uh, the gentleman behind me, uh, news broke yesterday that the FCC has uh, published in the Federal Register uh, the long-awaited increase, which is not taking effect right away, so calm down. It's mm -hmm. not happening at the moment, but it's begun the process by publishing uh, that the rule will, will be taking effect in April. But again, the increase is not taking effect in April, so calm down again, probably by summer, uh, <clears throat> they're saying. But the process is underway now for license renewals to cost $35 for basically a, your license. If it's going to expire, get in there and get it renewed. So I know everyone's been watching that and wondering. So that, that developed, that mm -hmm. came out yesterday. But as that happened, uh, we had learned that this gentleman, who is a very busy guy, and uh, everyone knows Richard Garriott, son of the first amateur radio operator in space who had a contact from space, Owen Garriott, now a silent key. Richard is a man of <laughs> many talents in his own right, a video uh, game developer, explorer, adventurer, ham radio operator. <coughs> Oh, wait, I can't say ham radio operator because apparently he let his license <laughs> expire. Uh, whether the $35 will apply to him, we don't know. That depends on when he goes to renew it. But the reason we know this is he responded on March 7th uh, on Twitter to an inquiry uh, from someone who's following him asking where he's been on the bands and he said oops we'll fix this immediately he acknowledged he's been a little busy and he forgot to maybe take care of the paperwork so this is a uh, cautionary tale for everyone who's watching even if you're not diving to the bottom of the ocean or going up into the heavens or developing video games keep an eye on the paperwork it can happen yeah. to him, it can happen to you. I, uh, when you, we started talking about this story, I went immediately to look at my license, which is almost in, <laughs> I was like, where am I? Is it this next year? I felt like it was next year, but it's actually 25. So I'm, uh, I've still got some time. I don't think mm -hmm. that, can, I, I, I know it may be a bucket of worms, but I can't just go ahead and pay that now, right? I got to kind of wait until the last mm -hmm. 
I, don't I know think if you there's early. I I I'll head, I would have to double check too, but I think yeah. there's a window within what time you can do that. I don't think you can just pay like now for four years from now. Yeah. So yeah, I should. What would that. you do with the thirty-five that, that you saved, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know some candy. I don't know some there peanut M and M's. I don't know. Couple Paul, of frappuccinos. You, yeah. What do you yeah. think of this, Paul? Um, you know, and it, I, it can happen to anybody. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's. There's like, especially if you're a busy person who's got a lot going on, you don't look at your license and actually pay attention to the date that's on it. Now I know mine's got, mine's got uh, a wise ago. I got 2028 on mine, but. Uh, you know, and you don't get a reminder from the FCC that says, hey, you're about to expire. So, which actually is something that they should do now that everybody is required to mm. register an email address with the ULS. They should have a system that automatically says a year from, you know, like a year out saying, hey, your license expires at the end of this year or whatever. And you should think about renewing it. I, I think. You know, for the thirty-five dollars that I vote for that because that you know what? A I simple get, thing to do once it's in place. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I get multiple. It's time to renew, and that could be a month or two, and then almost every week in between. <coughs> and it's new time to renew my uh, membership with the league. But if uh, also, yeah, yeah. Also, don't you get those phone calls that your car's warranty is mm -hmm. about to expire? They've been mm -hmm. they've been trying oh, to get a hold of me, and I need to call me. them. I, I want this All those call. Reminders, <coughs> yes. Frankly, I, I just don't want to. I get reminders from this Christian guy too, when mm -hmm. it's time to re up. Is so, it? Is it oh, yeah. I got to write that down. It might be time now, Paul. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, and but the thing is, once they have that system in place, it's it's pretty much automatic. It just runs. So I really think that that is a thing that the FCC should do is is set up an automatic system that sends you a reminder that says, "Hey, you're expiring," and if you don't want to renew, fine. But at least it's like, oh, I and you look, and sure enough, what I don't want to do is take all these tests again. You know, that's the thing. I don't, I don't want to do it. I mean, I studied hard and, you know, everybody learns differently. I just, I'll give you the money. Tell me how yep. much money you need. Uh, if I don't have to take all three of these tests again, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yep. That is a driver's test for your, for your Right. Body. I'm not sure I got any better driving. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what do we got for story two? Well, everybody remembers uh, a month or so ago, they, uh, they had a, the ISS, which behind me had a, a contact scheduled with a school and the time came and the, the relay station trying to hit the ISS and nothing, nothing. And then they discovered that the radio had gone off the air. Uh, they had in part of changing out some cabling for a commercial piece that was on the station. They changed out part of the cable that connects the Aris radio, uh, the new Kenwood to the antenna and something in there was wrong. And uh, they were worried, did, did they blow the radio? Did, did the radio look like it was working? But uh, finally, uh, on the 13th, they uh, did another spacewalk to replace, to replace a cable and some connectors on another uh, commercial platform that's up there. And while they did that, they restored the old cable connection that they had to the the uh, amateur radio in the uh, Columbia module and uh, our Columbus module and uh, it's working again so I think we can all relate to that we you know we we have everything that's working but we think we're going to improve it so we change out one piece and then everything just goes to heck and you're like oh now what did I blow something but sometimes the simplest thing is just to 
undo that thing you did and suddenly it's working again. So at least it's back up in the air. They did make uh, one contact. They had another couple scheduled. And that also means that like the APRS stuff and the, and the repeater, I believe, is back on the air. So they're going to investigate what happened and then maybe send up a, a new cable that's been tested differently. But uh, it's back on the air. Uh, gaffer's tape goes a long way, doesn't it? Paul? Gaffer's tape does a lot of wonderful things and doesn't leave that really ugly residue. Doesn't have the residue. Karen, mm-hmm. what do you think of this? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking God, you know, anyone who's ever done a software update can relate to this too. <laughs> oh, let's improve. Yeah, no, I don't think so. This was nice. This was very timely because the, uh, the school that was waiting to have the contact was in Australia. And when the radio contact failed back in uh, January, I think it was, it was a school in Wyoming and that was, would have been Aris's first contact with a school in Wyoming. And eventually they made good on it after, uh, afterward, I believe they were using at that time, the Russians radio. So these uh, young kids, yeah, down in Adelaide, Australia, got to be the first of the uh, resurrected radio contact. And it was a good thing. Very happy moment for all of them. And things are now as they should be. And that's good. Well, my thanks to Karen and to Paul. If you have any comments or questions about what we've talked about today, please put them in the comment section. It's cool to have you in the chat, too, to talk about things, and we'll pull out questions from there. But uh, putting comments in there also helps us to uh, see those after the effect. Karen, KD2GUT, and Paul, WD9GCO, thank you so much. And the guy behind you? Yeah, he's this waiting. This is a this is a sign. Oh, look at that! I can line up with him. That is, look at that. Look at that! And there's yeah. a little, little thing going on oh. there. As close as oh. I'll get to him, I think. But okay. Oh. See you later, handsome man and friends. We'll uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next week. Thanks so much. Seven three. Right. Let's take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today it's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts and a wire here's how it works when you donate 25 dollars or more you will become a sustaining member for a year and during that year you get discounts from participating businesses it's a win 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 the show gets your support you get the discounts a little more money in your pocket for your next project and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. Okay, brothers and sisters, here it is. It's a uh, debut. It's not even really a debut, though. If you've been running with me long enough, you know that Hour 73 was a show that began back uh, during the early days of the pandemic. And my partner on this show, Don, uh, Whiskey 3 Delta Victor Golf. And we did a uh, series, almost a docu-series last year. It started off right at the front of the pandemic. And the reason for the pandemic became the same reason why we needed to put it down for a while because we were working with different people and they've got families and kids. So we were dealing with real life stuff. However, uh, Don and I are working uh, to revive this and because it's important. Uh, a lot of people are in, interested in uh, preparing their life and not even going super prepper on things, uh, but just becoming better prepared. So amateur operators and everyday people 
uh, this feature will talk about how we can do some things to uh, prepare ourselves. And you can find all those old episodes. They're old now, Dom. We did <laughs> we did a series of 10, I think it was, and they were really good. And they were really, from what I thought, they were really good. But we're going to do it a little different now. And I was talking to Don and, and where to start off. And where, where do we want to go first, Don? And all I think all the people will find out your credentials. We can talk about that uh, sure. in the interest of time, though. Let's just get started because I know who you are. So wh <laughs> where do you want to start off first? Well, I think uh, talking about radio is the natural place to start, right? Uh, amateur radio has always been the Boy Scout in the room that drives us to be prepared, uh, I guess, in other aspects of our life. That's always been my draw to it. Uh, there's an amazing breadth of things that folks are doing with radio. So if you're going out uh, to operate in a park or on a summit, you are preparing yourself to be out and about for, for a couple of days. So uh, potentially, so there's a huge nexus between what we do uh, sitting at our stations and how we prepare in our lives. And uh, just for those of us following along or those of you following along, Christian, you and I talked about this back in December when the Nashville bombing happened. So you're looking at a, a bomb that goes off downtown uh, early in the morning and it takes out some critical infrastructure. And it started me down that path again of thinking, how can my club, uh, so give a shout out to the Carroll County Amateur Radio Club in Carroll County, Maryland. Uh, how could we support Carroll County if there were a disaster tomorrow in the county? And one thing to remember, and then uh, listening to Steve and you a few weeks ago talking about net control and that podcast really, really put me in tune with this. Uh, we tend to have these perfect nets. We know when they are, what frequency they are, who the net control station is. We're sitting in our chairs. We're comfortable. Uh, but the reality is, is disasters aren't perfect. Uh, initially, you're far behind. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to catch up with the chaos. So Sometimes it's tough to measure the intangibles, but my club <clears throat> has started working on some of those things to prepare uh, ourselves for the county. And I guess it's timely because I was looking at the Facebook page and a gentleman named Chris Wheeler started this conversation. And then I believe I engaged with uh, Jeff Nyberg about it. And the question was asked, uh, are you still doing the Walmart parking lots on the air? So just as a quick story of, of club preparedness, uh, a few years ago, we started mapping out the extent to which we could cover our county with our infrastructure, our repeaters. Uh, we're on the Piedmont Plateau, uh, so lots of rolling hills. We have some, not, I would say significant valleys, but we have some dead spots. So as a club, we were doing park and rides on the air, uh, Walmart parking lots on the air, Target parking lots on the air. And from that, we were able to learn what we knew. We knew where we had coverage we knew where we didn't have coverage. And you have to make the assumption that if you're at a park and ride, that's a natural place where a county response agency might stage equipment. So it's conceivable that you might end up there in the time of a, uh, a disaster and emergency. But what we were able to tell is where we could reach, where we couldn't reach, and then how we would use uh, either a relay station or something like that to get into the folks that might be in a valley and outside of our our, uh, our repeater reach. So it's an interesting thing that we've been doing as a club, um, but ultimately we are a club of people. So in the end, it's knowing what, what you're capable of, what your capabilities are. And I think that's a conversation you, you and I have had at length. Yeah. Getting into this, we got it. We wanted to kind of in, increase our own capacity. What we, what are we capable of? What do we need at home? And it's not to go super prepper. That was a part of the discussions early where, 
tip of the hat to the guys and the gals who are doing uh, five years of food. You know, we, we got into doing shows about the pantries and building up your pantries and, and kind of working from home. Don, when you get into a club situation like a radio club, the one I belong to is pretty big. Different age groups, different facets. I think some of the issues they may have is the focus of the club. Even field day becomes like, nah, man, this is pretty casual. I'm going to have some pizza and hang out with my buddies. And then you've got the crew of bang, bang, bang contacts. And if you're not the guy banging these contacts, it causes sort of like a separation in your club. Like there's little clicks. How do you navigate <clears throat> even assembling a crew of people who have the same interests. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great point. Uh, look, I love my club. Uh, I love some of the other clubs that I've visited. I think the reality is, is that uh, like any other organization, there's politics, there's friends, there's people who are aligned with this guy, folks that are aligned with that gal, whatever. Uh, and that, you're not going to change that. So I am not going to come in uh, to a club full of adults and change what they want out of the club. And I think, I think you have to capitalize on that. Right. So, you know, you have, let's just, let's play stereotypes for a second. Right. So you have your, your contesters that love uh, getting involved in a contest, logging as many contacts as they can. They're very good under pressure in a hectic situation, but then you have your folks that like the rag chew or DX that complain about the contesters, right? Oh, you guys are hogging up the band. I just want to talk. And it's a natural friction point. But if you look at it from an emergency standpoint, you have different skill sets there that you can leverage. So in the beginning of the disaster, when things are being hectic and you have to move information fast, your contesters are probably good folks for that. They're used to the pace. They're used to pulling stuff out of the noise. Uh, if it's something that's a regional type issue or even greater <clears throat> then maybe some of your, your stations that like the rag chew or like the chase DX have the capability to get out a little bit further. So to get out of your region in case you'd have to pass uh, any sort of information along, you have your folks that love the digital modes. And I know there's a, you know, a fair amount of ribbing that goes back and forth with that. Uh, but we have a, we have a small group of folks in our club that, that love digital, uh, they have set up RMS gateways for us so we can send emails during a disaster if we had to. So while to each their own can be a headache to manage and kind of shepherd, the reality is, is they're each bringing you capabilities that maybe you don't have as an individual. So I love the fact that getting back into the clubs and kind of doing <clears throat> things with the club is such an important thing. You know, I'm doing this special event with a team of people who are trying to raise awareness and it's just Getting you know, the media is one thing, but getting kind of into the clubs would be much better. Now, the difference between getting into a club and the things that you were just talking about and say like Aries and you're really well familiar with the structure of sure. emergency communications. <clears throat> How do you balance like these existing things like uh, Aries for one thing or there maybe there's some search and rescue teams that are put together? Can a club itself have its own inner workings to to serve or are we just focusing on smaller isolated communities if that makes sense to you does it make sense uh, tell I me so. i can say it again <laughs> so i think <clears throat> at the end of the day nothing happens in a vacuum uh i think aries is a, gro a great program uh i have certain concerns with it, but, and I'm, I'm putting my emergency manager hat on for a second, uh, as someone who was responsible for a jurisdiction's RACES program um, from the government employee side. <clears throat> Ultimately, 
as a club, that decision's got to be, or that discussion has to be with the population you're serving. So as a club, we could meet every Monday night once a month and decide what we want to do. But if it doesn't serve my county's needs, then we're useless. So you have to bring in your folks in the county that are responsible for emergency response and say, if X, Y, and Z were to happen, what do you need from us and how do we do it? And then that's what goes back to the club. You translate that, okay, how do we build this capability? How are we able to meet this need? I think Aries is a good framework, but I think we have to be careful not to jump into the assumption that it's one size fit all, mm -hmm. uh, fits all. As long as your county or your jurisdiction, your city, wherever you are, uh, is able to tell you what they need, and this is the framework uh, under which we need it done, then you can operate. You can meet that. So it's like anything else. It's relationship building. You have to have that conversation. You have to know what they need, and then as a club, be able to meet it. Okay. Yeah, I know there's a lot of discussion about Aries, and it's a program that already exists. There's people have their own MOEs. That's what they're called, right? Their MOEs. MOEs. MOUs, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and so, you know, it, it gets kind of thick and complicated, but I like getting down to the root of just uh, preparing ourselves as amateur radio operators. What about the thing in Nashville uh, made you kind of put that together? What what was that? Was it the fact that the phone system had been, you know, what we, we lean on this phones, the phones are so strong, uh, maybe emergency communications is better overseas where the infrastructures aren't as solid. Well, this was a case where it took out everything we thought was solid. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's just it. You said it. So, look, I'll raise my hand as being part of that that guilty club. Uh, mm -hmm. I am very much reliant on this guy, right? So um, we have all grown reliant upon self. Well, I shouldn't say I don't want to make the blanket statement, but I think by and large, a lot of us are comfortable with cell phones, uh, we are assuming that when we need them, the infrastructure will be there. I would, uh, I would offer that a vast majority of us no longer have twisted pair copper landlines anymore. So we're either relying upon your local cable provider for voice over internet or, or what have you, however that's set up, if not solely relying upon your phone. So seeing that there were issues with the 911 system, you know, there's a couple things there that you're looking at. One how does the person that needs the help get that information to the jurisdiction? And secondly, once the jurisdiction has it, if they are unable to speak with the firehouse in my neighborhood, how do we get it from the central point of communication out to the responders so that they can respond? So it's not just uh, it's, it's every bit of a two way street and making sure that you can close that gap. The reality is, is is that we have these nets. And again, I'll say it, you know, they're perfect. Um, in a disaster, it's going to be chaotic. So knowing that as a club, you can pull in requests for help. Whoever is that NCS can then take that request, get it to who needs it in the county, and then have that go out wherever it needs to go. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be seamless. But if you're able to fit in that uh in that piece of the or be a piece of that puzzle to be able to provide that capability, I think you can largely be successful in a significant emergency or disaster uh, if you have the the equipment you've practiced and you understand that it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, and also <laughs> understanding we can't solve this problem today, which is re it's the reason why it all started uh, was to kind of go back on a personal level. I will introduce radio through it. 
uh, it's called Hour 73, and we're trained or we're taught maybe, I don't know, same thing, you know, prepare for the first 72. Um, and when Don and I started talking, it's been over a year ago now, it was what happens after that? What happens after you've prepared for the first 72? So hour 73 is that 73rd hour. It just happens to have a very sexy tie-in to our uh, best regards when we sign off. So that's what you can expect. And uh, we'll be bringing that in um, into the show and talk about different aspects. of It's so broad and it's great. I think it's great. But if you have any questions or comments, you can put them in the chat. And I uh, welcome you to the big show, Don. This is a little different than what we started off in a small little thingy here. We've got a yeah, an actual thing is up and running. But we've, we've got to you know <clears throat> make sure my face is clean. I've got a hat on, so we two bald so guys aren't reflecting light on one another. Okay, so you just tipped your hat here. He is actually my stunt double. Yeah. I was in films for many years. <clears throat> very, very, uh, yeah. Anyway, my stunt double. But yeah, so. I am. I'm looking forward to the conversation, especially the the personal ties. You know, that's the club level view. But eventually, I think we all will be asking ourselves that question: like, what can I do? How do I do it at home? What's important at home? Yeah, Roger that. Well, thanks to Don Whiskey Three Delta Victor Golf. Hope everybody's good there. Wave to my friends back on the East Coast for me, and we will catch up again real soon. Thanks for doing it. We'll we'll uh, see you real soon, man. Good to see you, my friend. All right, seven three. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable and remote. Matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating and meeting our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support as they install and use our products. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it, with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. Lord, this is the time of the show. People are blowing me up. My email's going on. Where's Steve? What'd you do to Steve? You son of a Oh, I was on 40. They all came from you. All these. Where's Steve? Uh, Good having Don on. That was awesome. Yeah, Don is a, a friend, and uh, that series came out uh, last year. It was mm-hmm. an interesting thing. I really feel that people do want to have, they want to build their own capacity. We were getting to the point where we couldn't get food. We couldn't, we didn't know how we were going to do it. I mean, lots exactly. of great places stepped up. Uh, you could get it from Target or Walmart or however else before you could get it at curbside. But there was a time where it was like, wow, this is a really new thing. It's for real. And yeah, we, Everyone just got thrown into it and was like, holy smokes. And uh, the ones that were prepared were kind of like, we told you so. But uh, overall, it was it was good. I think this was good for everybody. And and unfortunately, it was for real. The, so. Yeah, the everyday people, which I consider myself one. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got some skills with radio and some other things. But when you're dealing with some worldwide thing like this, everything's brand new. Right. 
and just building a pantry, working with my girls and, uh, you know, my little ones. She's six. She is the queen of the pantry. And that means it's uh, she takes anything that's coming back and she's putting it together and anything nice. that's coming and go like it's her world. And so, you know, there was a lot of things to learn on a personal level. So our 73 became that. And unfortunately, we had, you know, we had other people working with us. It was Don and I, we were doing fine. We had a couple of ladies with us, too. We had there was kids involved. And I'm like, listen, we need to put the, let's just put it down until the time's right. Now, hopefully mm -hmm. we're on the end, the, the tail end of this thing where people are starting to get the uh you know, inoculated and we're getting the uh, vaccines and all that stuff. And hopefully we're heading back to our new normal, but now is a better time to start talking about it than exactly than at that point when we had to live through it. So anyway, I welcome Don to the show and hour 73 and, and hopefully you guys will dig it. We'll learn something, and create a conversation. Oh, so Steve and I, we started off the like we do every Saturday, nine o'clock central time earlier for Steve out there in Washington state. And we did the pre-show meet and greet. Well, this time around, it's the final day of the K4P special event, mm -hmm. We're trying to raise awareness to help a ham radio operator in need. Phil, AB8PR, and uh, his story is on QRZ now if you want to read about it. And if you can help, great. I took some calls for a little while. And uh, passed it to Steve. Steve went and took some calls for a while. How did how did the band hold up for you? How did how did things go? Uh, we well, we started getting the the we have to I had to move frequency. It was uh, where we were originally. It started getting a, a shortwave uh, broadcast station started coming in and oh, really wow. wreaking havoc. So it's, it, that's the nature of you know forty meters. So I went below uh, a seventy two hundred. Uh, landed on uh, one ninety eight and. Uh, continued on and uh total 30 contacts for, oh, for myself so uh not too bad and uh mainly uh west coast you had great uh propagation early on you're you were just rocking uh, early it was uh, it was fantastic Didn't get to count them up but uh i admire guys like you and uh alex who can you know when you when an operator gets in a you know a rhythm you mm -hmm. know and the goals are and i know for you last night uh, I don't know how you were working today. We didn't get to hear you run it after uh, I similar like last night. You know, it's kind of at a pace, and we're mm -hmm. trying to drive traffic to the uh, to the special event. Not because it's a big, fancy, beautiful ship. It's because there's a man dying. There's a man who is uh, in need of help right now, and so there's mm -hmm. an urgency to the contacts. And it's I, I listened to your run last night, and I was like, wow, man, it's just nice. Not only is it a clean signal, and the information's still getting passed. But it's a skill of being on the air. You know, it's mm -hmm. really important to do the radio. Um, and then Alex is, he's kind of next level because I think he's just like, it's like I i went to work him on a Saturday. This Saturday, he had 385 contacts for K, K4P on a Saturday. He's sick. And I didn't, I, I didn't know when to call because it was, it was happening. So it was just, just hanging was like, I, I was like, Am I gonna, I'm just going to slow him down. I think maybe I should wait, you know, but it's beautiful to watch mm -hmm. it. And uh, even more so when people pick up the cause, when people are like, I'll do this too. I'll get on the air and I'll call for you and I'll, I'll call for Phil or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's a special thing. People do that. So thank you publicly. We won't, we won't get to do this and operate again for this one, but uh, thanks for all you've done with this. And you gave away a radio, which is incredibly kind, but, 
It's a good man right there, that UDI. Yeah, see? <laughs> well, this is the time I, I've talked so long. I've, I was supposed to be asking questions. Well, so let's jump, let's jump right in. Let's see if we can help you. Each week, Steve and I will sit here. We take your collections of questions. I put the a, readers you know, on. Get your glasses on. And uh, yeah. the thing about Steve is he doesn't want to know. I'm going to put a link for questions because you may have a, a question too. Give me a second here. Let me find this link for you. And if you have a question, send it to this form. And if we don't get to it today, which is likely, uh, we can put it in the queue and we'll come back. Uh, let's see. We'll drop it in here now. Any any question is fine. We'll do our best. Steve doesn't want to know the questions ahead of time, no. which makes things kind of complicated when we have well, these. Well, you kind of get a, re a reaction out of me initial. So <laughs> No, he's he knows. He knows, you knows most of it. We'll give you some. Well, and if I don't know it, I will tell you. I don't know. And uh, we'll, f we'll figure it out. All right. Here we go. Don asks, new ham question. What is the best way to try and politely break into a lengthy QSO? QSO is code speak for mm -hmm. a conversation that is happening on the air. For anybody new joining us, just say your call sign and wait for an invitation to speak or to go away. It, uh, the polite uh, method is just throw your call sign in there. And uh, somebody hopefully will recognize it. Not a hundred percent. There are uh, guys um, that just want to talk to their buddies and that's it. And uh, they don't want to be interrupted by, you know, outsiders of the group. But 99% of the time, you just throw your call out there. Someone will recognize it. Another one that is used quite a bit is uh, contact and or comment and uh, uh, things like that. Um, but I prefer, and I think the the polite, society would be throw your your call sign in there and then hopefully one of the members of the group or if it's two people going back and forth they'll recognize you and then uh and then have you join in so uh okay. but uh there you you will run into a group that uh, will they'll be like no we don't want any we just want to talk amongst ourselves and uh that one you just kind of have to go away you you'll get a feel for as you're uh, listening to the stations uh, there's a second part to this, and not a question, just more of a comment. And Steve, your audio is just a little hot. If you just bump oh, it down just a touch, not a worry, no that. problem. I got you. You're we fine. Can take care of that. All good. His part two just says, seems like some rag chews going for an hour or more. I want to be respectful, but also mm -hmm. participate. So I think Steve gave you that contact or comment. Mm -hmm. I think you know, especially they give you, they invite you in. Usually, they may not want yeah. you to stay. But the, you may make a new friend, too. But I, I think this is a really good point because it is hard to know. And you don't want to just sit around and wait and wait mm -hmm. and wait. And some people would kind of jump in or have a comment. So do that natural yeah. thing is to say comment and, hear it from time or, to or try to and yeah, try to be respectful of the, you know, the, the rag chew that's going on and, you know, comment into the what the discussion is. I've heard uh guys going back and forth they they'd have their little uh, round table discussion and then someone would come in jump in and uh, say hey how's my signal or how's my audio totally outside of the conversation and it kind of messed up the whole yeah vibe and everything and the guys got upset and then it just it became kind of ugly and uh, then they got grumpy and which is so if, if you can just it's think of it as like uh, you see a couple of guys sitting at the in the coffee shop having a discussion. It's like, wow, it sounds like a, a nice conversation. I'd like to 
to join in do you just kind of come in as like well how's my what how's my uh, shirt today am i uh, looking pretty good does <laughs> does these jeans make my butt look fat or something like that i mean just so just think of it as like if you're in person versus on the air are you gonna eat that scone <laughs> exactly. on. is you gonna eat this what's in your coffee <laughs> you, you expect uh, that's a that's a good uh, analogy if mm-hmm. you will thanks for the question don thank you here's another one can you explain the benefits of using ladder line instead of coax this is an interesting question i cannot but hopefully steve can uh, but i hear so many people like you know, just run ladder line and do mm-hmm. that. You're not going to have SW. And, it, and I never really understood Well, ladder it. line it has a, it handles the uh, VSWR a lot better than uh, coax. And um, it's, it's a balanced feed line. And uh, so the, the, the key is having it at the tuner. The, ideally is to have your tuner or your output uh, network of your radio be a balanced output. But everything is unbalanced and... Uh, so, but ladder line, um, so if you put up, say, a doublet and uh, you fed it with coax, you're going to have uh, some real issues with, um, with coax because once you start getting into high VSWR, you start lo- having losses in the cable. So where balance line handles the VSWR better, but you have less loss. And uh, so now you're getting more power to, to the radiating element. And that's the key. And uh so if you're putting in 100 watts and you're losing 75 of it uh, before it gets to the antenna, <laughs> it's like, oh, geez, <laughs> where ladder line will have that uh, is it will give you a better transfer of power versus the VSWR, depending on, you know, where you're tuning up. So that, that's in a nutshell. But there's uh, there's a lot of uh, black magic. But uh, if you can do balance line, especially for a doublet type antenna or a a, long, uh, a dipole, you feed it with ladder line, it'll definitely be much better to work on multi-bands versus a, a single band. All right. There you go. All right. Last question for us for today. Do you have any tips for buying used gear at Hamfest? And, at Hamfest? and this is interesting because not yes. oftentimes can you plug things in. And exactly. you're kind of going with... Uh, Mm-hmm. face value there any thoughts steve it comes down to a a trust issue or do you have a really you know know the person that is selling the gear and uh but it's uh unless you can plug it in or um uh you know trust the person that's selling the gear it's kind of a crapshoot because mm-hmm. you don't know i mean you can physically look at it yeah, was there coffee spilt on this radio? Was it submerged? Did this thing, was it well taken care of? Uh, uh, another hot item with people, was it in a, a smoking environment? The person that owned it before, were, were they a smoker or not? Um, there's a number of factors, but unless, and even plugging it in at a ham fest, if you had uh, power right. there, it doesn't really. That's just on and off mostly. Yeah. So, and then it comes down to, are you capable of repairing it? If there's something going on. And uh, so there's a number of factors for, for newer hams. I always recommend get something new uh, just because it has a warranty and uh, it's one less thing to worry about, especially coming into the hobby. But if you know the person, if you have an Elmer that you can trust uh, in the case, like for you, uh, Christian, when you got your uh, TR seven, you knew it from the person that got it 
uh, you got it from. And then if there was a problem, you could, you know, he could help you uh, work on that at a ham fest that becomes a, a, a sticky situation. So you kind of take your uh, chances and run with it and hope you kind of hope for the best. And, uh, hopefully the person selling you the equipment is uh, truly honest and, uh, about it. And if they say, yeah, it, it works, but it has these little problems. Then knowing that, then you can make, you know, base that decision. Yeah. I always look for the story. I mean, I haven't bought a ton of mm -hmm. crap at mm -hmm. Hamfest or anything like that. I try to buy me personally, you know, I, I try to buy from people I know if I'm even buying anything, but I look for a story, mm -hmm. you know, I want to probably know where it came from, or I want to at least take people to tell me the story of the radio belonged to my father-in-law or it was I'm the third owner you know and there's some things in there that may trigger my uh, interest as far as it goes yeah I got it from above. you know some people get things from you know silent key um, got it from the widow of a silent key or mm -hmm. you know these aren't great great stories for you to use to you know we're nothing without our honor really I mean it's like that in contesting it's like that in everything we do here uh, so I, but I, I would ask the story, what do you know about the radio? Why, why you want to get rid of it? Mm -hmm. Some people have different reasons. They either need some money or they got it, whatever it is. But I think it's fair to ask, you know, what do you know about this thing? It's like a car. Yeah. It's like buying a car owner or you. So, well, I hope that helps you. And we'll get into like buying other things at Hamfest, you know, like yeah, once we get into Hamfest, uh, it'd be nice to just get out there and maybe do a video segment and go, okay, hey, Let's look, just we, go. We Let's start this. doing it from the Hamfest. We're going to start yeah. doing shows from Hamfest because I can't wait to see people again. I mentioned earlier, I got my first COVID shot. I've, uh, my arm hurts, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it you does. put it in there too long. You know, like, mm. what'd you do? How big was that thing? Oh. Big, I was so excited to get it. I didn't know he had like a, <sighs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to do that. A little sore this morning, but not as bad. I know the second round is going to be a little harder, but yeah, that affects everybody differently. I mean, for me, it was just a, it felt like a, someone punched me in the arm. The first shot, because uh, I had the Pfizer, um, it uh, felt like a bee sting for a, a day or two. And I was kind of like, wow, that's kind of weird. Never had that one happen before. The second one kind of felt more like my uh, normal uh, flu shot that I get every year. And uh, just kind of a sore arm. Uh, our deputy chief, uh, fire chief, he uh, he felt uh, kind of crappy uh, for a few hours after his uh, second shot. And uh, he said he popped some Tylenol and was feeling better. So everybody reacts differently. So but yeah. uh, the most common one I've seen was a sore arm. But what was interesting, uh, a couple of our medics was telling us about it, is that the younger generation um, they were having more effects of it versus, uh, us older generation. And it's like, well, yeah, we eat dirt and drink out of the, out of the garden hose. So when we were growing up, uh, nowadays, you know, us parents, we just said, Oh no, no, don't drink out of that. Don't eat dirt and okay. stuff like that. <laughs> wow. And the kids in California, the ones in San Francisco, I saw, I went out there, they're eating avocado on toast mm -hmm. and paying $13. I'm like, I'm in the wrong business, man. I need to get a loaf of bread and a couple avocados. I'll sit on the corner for a few a few hours. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah, they are eating better. I guess they're healthier and strong. Each generation seems to be a little bigger, stronger. Look at those athletes. Anyway. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. I saw a ton of comments coming through, and you know how this show goes. I can't always see them, but I will go back and review everything. And... Um, Thanks for participating in the Papa Phil with the challenge of putting his video on your QRZ page. We were 
trying to work all states. Uh, just, you know, keep it fun and, and fresh as we go. We're doing pretty good there. And the actual special event itself needed Hawaii, which you got in spades last night, mm -hmm. and Idaho. So if you're in Idaho, make sure you work K4P because if we haven't got it yet, like, I think that's the only state we needed as of I, Wednesday. I didn't get it this morning. I, I, I don't think I got it either. I so Utah, Nevada, California, Montana, uh, just mainly around here on the West Coast. But yeah, I was getting a lot of East in. Coast. That's interesting yeah. how that worked. I was getting New York. I probably worked four New York stations this morning. So the band was short. As, band was short. Uh, as we call it. So this morning it was short. Right, good deal. All right. Well, and people are putting comments about their um, getting their vaccinations and all that, how they felt after and which one they're getting and all that sort of stuff. But if we you haven't got your that. vaccination, go out and get it. It's uh, we need go to get, get her, herd immunity. We, we uh, I had uh, my governor has put too many resources in small towns and those mm -hmm. cities that I live near, like St. Louis and work in, don't have enough. So it's kind of like, uh, we could have thought about this a little bit better. But that said, I went and drove two hours with my wife to get it. And we'll do it again in three weeks. I think we have to wait. Mm -hmm. But I want to get it done. I want to go back out to dinner, man. I want to go eat dinner again. I want to see people again and tickle fight. <laughs> You're not allowed to touch people, man. You can't give them tickles. And shake hands. I'm looking forward to that. Back yeah, to I that. may just, I might keep that in a. I might not shake hands anymore. I might, I might, I might just pass or elbow. Bump or elbow or real elbow <laughs> off the top of the truck. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just some sense of bring it back home. Let's get back mm -hmm. to being normal. That'd be awesome. We're already strange enough, especially yes, with we are. this lot here. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so much thank for uh, running today. Steve and I had a shift. That's why you didn't see him earlier in the show as we had a a scheduled shift to run for the special event. I took it from nine to about nine 45 and he was running for like the next 45 a chunk minutes, of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we banged out what we could bang out this morning. We live streamed it out. Appreciate you guys working. You should have some other, um, on K4P on QRZ, you can find who's running today. I'm sure Alex is running his traditional 3 PM Eastern to six. And, uh, he's, uh, Bam, bam, bam. He's going to go off today. I got a feeling. Uh, you went off last night, um, and he's going to finish up. He'll be the uh, he'll be back and clean up today and sort of button it up. So I expect if he's feeling better, that he'll he'll go nutty. So go work him. He'll probably be on 20 meters with his stepper, his step IR, and uh, doing all that. All right, cool. Anything else, Steve? Do we miss it? Anything else? We got it all? We're good. All right, buddy. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you again real soon. And uh, for you at home, if you like things, poke around the channel. If you like it, give us a thumbs up, a high five, an elbow off the car. Subscribe <laughs> if you dig it. Uh, just look away you. if you don't. It's all good. 7-3, everybody. We'll catch you again next week. We'll actually, everyone. we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow you tomorrow night, night yes. on the air mm -hmm. for our, um, where our net. Starts 7 o'clock Central Time. Everybody's welcome. We've got three operators going, three bands. Should be fun. And I'll be here doing the play-by-play. Uh, -play. So until then, take care of yourselves, look out for each other, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 73, friends. 73, everyone. Catch you later. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.